0: RadioInfluence.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forking Around Town podcast. So I'm really just over the moon excited for my guest today because I finally met a person that I think loves pizza as much or if not more than I do. So I'd like to welcome Matt McClellan from Tour de Pizza. How are you?
1: I am fantastic. How are you? I'm I'm doing
0: good. I'm doing good. This is the first time, well, I met you once before at your, at your store, but I've heard so much about you over the years, and your story just inspires me. Well,
1: thank you. Thank so you very much. So
0: you have to just talk a little bit about how pizza has really just, you know, shaped your life. And
1: <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I mean, it started for me back in 2004. I was in Denver, Colorado, and I started mm-hmm. a pizza company with an amazing chef, uh, a Sicilian Brooklyn guy. You know, the typical, you know, forget about it. I love know. it, yeah. So that was the name of the company. It was called Forget About It Pizzeria. Oh,
0: nice. And we were on the
1: campus at Denver University. Mm-hmm. And I was the face in the marketing and the branding, and he was the food and the culinary. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was doing what you're supposed to do. You know, right. like I'm building a new business from scratch, from doing the fundamentals. And then three months in, he bails. Oh, so boy. So <laughs> I was forced to learn how to cook. And I didn't know how to cook. I had I'd never worked in a restaurant before I owned one. Right. So— I uh I ended up buying it out. I believed in the vision, I believed in the concept. And at the beginning, I actually did what you're supposed to do. I was creating a, a pizza that was cra- that people craved, mm-hmm. that they desired, and then they would come back as a repeat customer. And I was having great success. I was have I was seeing the same faces once a day, and then mm-hmm. twice a day. And some people were three times a day, if you believe it or not, on a that college would be campus. Me. Just
0: say it. So, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> so um
1: so in the process of this, the more money I made, the more empty I was feeling. I felt a level of empathy that I was destroying people's health in order to make a profit. And there's a lot of ways to make money in the real world and I said, you know, I really don't feel good about what I'm doing. And I didn't even eat pizza at the time. I was a two-a-day gym rat. I was I didn't I didn't believe pizza was healthy. I would eat my tuna in the back and I would make grilled chicken for myself, but I didn't actually eat the product in which I sold. Yeah. And so uh, a college kid came in three times a day to eat three extra large pizzas in front of my face. Wow. And, I, and I said, Rob, you're, you're really going to hurt yourself, man. I, I can't endorse this. So I cut him off. And he goes, what do you mean? I think, like, look, two slices at a time, that's it. I can't I can't do this. Right. And he goes, I'm not asking your help. I'm not, I'm not paying you. I'm not asking for your help. I'm a full paying customer. He goes, you're a new business. It's kind of stupid to take away money. And I said, I know, but I can't sleep at night. So long story short, Three months later, Rob lost 50 pounds eating pizza every day, controlling his intake, and working out a 24-hour fitness with me. Wow. So um, so that's where the pizza diet originally started. It was back in the era where it was all calorie in, calorie out. Mm-hmm. So I moved to St. Pete in, in 2007. I uh, sold my brand, the forget-about-it pizzeria. <laughs> so I needed a new brand, and I didn't really have one. And so um, uh, Vince Vaughn, the actor, his, mm-hmm. his half-brother, is a very, very good friend of mine cystic fibrosis, and he was down in St. Pete training for triathlons. And I said, you know what, man, because of your selflessness, I'm going to dedicate my restaurant to you. So we combined gourmet pizza and active lifestyle and created Tour de Pizza. And so that was the Amazing. birthplace of Tour de Pizza. And then uh, the St. Pete Times comes knocking, and they said, you know what? Pizza's not a healthy food. We, we believe it's a junk food. <laughs> they said, I said, no, 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 it's baked, it's healthy. If you ate it responsibly, it can be the healthiest food. A superfood. In yeah. fact, that's my superpower. I can make a whole pizza disappear.
0: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: so, <can I. laughs> so, I, uh, so, yeah, so that I ended up uh, creating the 30-day fad diet back when Jared from Subway was still, um, you know, a, a recognizable brand and, and right. king of marketing, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. And um, I did a 30-day fad diet. I lost 24 pounds in 30 days. I lowered my cholesterol 86 points. I lost 10% body fat. And so everything went viral before viral was a thing. You know, wow. nobody had apps and phones and smartphones. Yeah. So to strike while the iron was hot, I ended up riding a bicycle from St. Pete, Florida, 1,300 miles to New York City in 2010 to deliver my message by bike <laughs> that pizza is a healthy meal. I delivered it to the pizza capital. And then, uh, and then I came back and I was kind of like, you know, in, in media and in fame and in life, you know, they say you're 15 minutes of fame and you know, everybody gets 15 minutes. So I used up my 15 minutes and sure enough, I went back to nothing. I was just a pizza guy working in my restaurant every day. Nobody was calling. There was no more buzz. There was no energy because then you know in this industry, yeah. if you're not current or relevant, you're, you're ancient, right. right? So you always got to reinvent yourself in business and in life. you always got to reinvent the wheel. When things mm-hmm. get stagnant, so many people get hung up on like who they once were. And not like where they're gonna go or what they are working on now. So I got back to work, and um, so I had I had been in the gym and I was just shooting stuff with my buddies, and <laughs> and they're like, you know, you're a cosmetic fad diet guy. Like you're not real. Oh, yeah. Like you can't do what we do. I'm like really, I'm like what are you <laughs> gonna do you guys do? I like, you guys compete in a bodybuilding. Like just oil yourself up and go stand on a stage and like whoever looks better wins. You don't care about triglycerides or Uh, Uric acid levels or kidney function, like just cosmetically. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Okay. So at 41 years old, (laughs) (laughs) I became a professional (laughs) natural (laughs) bodybuilder. Wow. Eating nothing but pizza. I applied the science and macros of the new flexible dieting system that's been very popular Mm -hmm. last 10 years. I uh, did a 16 week pizza only diet and I became a professional at 41 years old as a father to... But two beautiful kids, two restaurants, a a real average Joe in the real world, Mm -hmm. um, eating real food to show everybody that you can change your lifestyle one slice at a time and you can Mm -hmm. change it one one day at a time. Wow. So that's how I ended up here. Yeah, I
0: I love it. So you just—it was nothing but pizza. Nothing All but pizza day.
1: for 16 weeks.
0: Now, when it came to toppings, like how, was it?
1: Oh man, I, I got creative. Did you? Because I mean, like, I'm a sushi guy. I yeah. love sushi. I'm a big sushi guy. So, um, man, there were days I was just like, oh, I have to get sushi. So, uh, <laughs> so I would call my favorite sushi places, and I would order sashimi salmon and tuna. And mm-hmm. what I would do is I would par bake the crust. Then I, would, while the crust was warm, I would spread out Philly cream cheese. And I'll top it with raw sushi and soy sauce and scallions. And I would make a billy roll, and I would get my <laughs> carbohydrates from pizza dough instead of rice. So that's I would a great do idea. One. I love it. Um, dark chocolate with bananas. I mean, I was I was doing. I have so many recipes in my head. I I, I have to start a cooking show. And in fact, I am. It's going to be called Cooking with Confidence.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And it's more of like a motivational sales tactic of teaching people how to be successful in their careers and in their life and mm-hmm. in their their dreams. And it, it all starts about, you know, the processes of making a pizza, how you have a dough and you have to have all the intangibles, right? You have to have uh, salt and sugar and yeast and water yeah. and flour to make your foundation. Yeah. In life, you have to have, um, you know, time management mm-hmm. and uh, hygiene and professionalism and desire and, you know, commitment to the job, mm-hmm. right? So all those things get mixed together into, to create one solid foundation. Now, from there, you can do anything care what you do for a career. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to provide a good or service to pay their wages through life. Right. Manufacture something, service something, entertain something, right? So mm-hmm. regardless of what it is, we all have like the basic fundamentals. So if you have the foundation built, then the sauce comes next. And
0: right. in that
1: sauce, just like any workforce, or any workplace, everybody has a personality. Mm-hmm. Some are salty, some are sweet, some are <laughs> some are bland, some are, true. some are, you know, like, oh, uh, uh, hot and some are mild and but you can express yourself to who you are you know I think the one thing about life we now know like tattoos are acceptable because it's an expression of who you are and hairstyles I have a a red slash pink mohawk right now yeah um, which is not your typical entrepreneur 45 year old father of two driving around <laughs> you know um, but people don't understand the mohawk right but it's an expression it's, it's showing the world who you are and So I think in in the workforce, it's important that you still have your own identity. And in fact, that's Mm -hmm. why my restaurant, so many people work for me for longevity in a fast, casual restaurant with a lot of turnover. I get great success because I don't strip people of who they are to work for me, right? Mm -hmm. So, But then, you know, on top of all that, you know, then you have the, the cheese, Mm-hmm. The cheese is the brand. That's the logo. That's the the company right. and the image. And as long as your personality doesn't outshine or, or poke through or or become a distraction to the the company, you can be yourself at work and have great relationships in and out. And then, I you know, the that. toppings on top are just the extras. Yeah. It's the gourmet stuff. It's the flair. It's the flash. It's the the pizzazz that, you know, brings it all together. So yeah. um, you know, I'm really working on on changing people's mindsets and teaching people how they can incorporate their favorite food into their lifestyle to get healthy. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the health, if you can't go outside your house because you aren't healthy enough to provide for your family, then you become a burden to the people you, you love so much. You know, it's similar mm-hmm. to an airplane. The first thing in a tragedy, they say the oxygen mask will deploy, right. put your mask on first before you help everyone else. So, so in life, your health has to come first because you can't help anybody else until you help yourself.
0: That's very, very so, true. So
1: that's it. I mean, and and I get here all the time, restaurant owners all the time. They um, they justify, oh, I have to provide, I have to work, I have to make money to pay for my family to my kids. And they work seven days a week. And if you're a restaurant guy, which I'm assuming, I'm assuming most of your fan base are restaurant foodies, they're either in the industry because mm-hmm. they love it and they, they are operating in it, or they're just foodies, and they love to hear stories of local restaurants like mine. Um, Ian, right? He's a huge foodie. Ian Beckles <laughs> is a major foodie. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, it's one of those things where it's important to realize. Um, oh, I, was good. I got lost my track. I lost my th- thought. Oh, that's okay. Um,
0: no, it's okay.
1: I went blank. I went, I <laughs> no, lost.
0: you're good. Yeah, just talking about just, like, taking care of yourself. It's, it's it's so it's, so, it's yeah. so
1: important. And what well I was saying, like most restaurants fail not because of competition. I truly believe that. I don't I believe there are enough people. there's enough of the population mm-hmm. that every restaurant could survive, no matter how much competition you have in your in your space, whether it's, it's uh, Mexican food or Italian or uh, pizza, you know what have you. I think most people close their restaurants because of the wear and tear on the body, the long hours. The the knees, the back, the up and down bending, the the uh, long hours, the stress, mm. the eating at odd times, picking all day,
0: yes, uh, not knowing, I know that, <laughs> right? I mean,
1: not knowing when you're going to have a break to actually sit down and have a meal. Yeah. So you know, if people have the the health to do the job longer, it can prolong their career. They can keep their businesses open longer. And in three days, I'm going to be the sole possession of the only GNAT mobile vertical wall training system east of Colorado. I and can't you,
0: wait to see it. And
1: you've been in the restaurant. <laughs> yes. You saw it. So what it is, forget a fitness piece of equipment. They, I know from a restaurant tour side, I know that my hood costs $18,000. I know I have a refrigerator that costs 5000 If you're out there in the restaurant where you know commercial appliances and building a restaurant is very, very, very costly. It
0: is. Yeah. This
1: apparatus, you can amount to your wall, it's flush, takes up very little space. And the thing that restaurant guys or restaurant women, they, they don't want to do. The last thing you want to do after a 10-hour shift, when you smell like food, you smell like, for me, I smell like pizza. I have grease and my shoes are dirty. I know I smell like pizza. It's in my skin. <laughs> it's in my hair. I know. Right. The last thing I want to do is go to a gym straight from work and, and smell like a restaurant. Right. So there's a self-conscious factor. Like, oh, I'm not going to go there. And I got flour all over the gym floor. (laughs) Right. So, but the likelihood of me going home, showering, to go work out, to shower again. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Plus, I don't want to leave my restaurant in case a bus of 50 people show up and my staff's short-staffed. And then my reputation goes down because Yelp, you know, crucified you because you're (laughs) one guy and 50 people and nobody got their food in a timely manner. Right.
0: right? Oh, I know how Yelp So
1: the fear... Takes over, and you mm-hmm. don't want to miss opportunity, and you don't want to leave your restaurant in case. You know, you don't trust your staff, or there's so many variables to why people are trapped inside those four walls. Mm-hmm. This Gnat, you can now install this on your in your restaurant as a functional piece of equipment, and in between orders, you can go and get your workout in. And in six minutes, you can burn more calories than you would consume in an entire day. And it's a six decomp- minutes in six minutes. I need to do that. 603 muscles simultaneously. It's the fastest oxygen deprivation. It's the equivalent of training at sea or at altitude, but you're at sea level. And you're in the privacy of your own restaurant. So you don't have to change. You don't have to worry about offending people. You can actually change your life, get healthy. Train your staff. And if you choose to do what I did and put it out in the dining room of your restaurant, yeah. <laughs> you can actually change the community's lives one slice at a time, in my case, yeah. or one step at a time. So I'm going to I'm gonna be launching this in three days. It's going to be mobile in the back of my truck, so I'll be able to drive it to restaurant owners and like change their life and their mindset. And it's just an extension of the pizza diet. Uh, and it's called the G-Net. I love it. Oh, my God. So
0: I, w- I want to do a pizza diet. For February.
1: Okay. All right.
0: So we'll have to talk because I'm yes. very serious about it. Yes.
1: I'm getting ready to do my whole transformation. I've been sandbagging. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing in, in bodybuilding and, and the those of you in the fitness industry out there, uh, you can't always live stage ready. Mm-hmm. Your body just can't. You can't always be in a caloric deficit. It's just not healthy for longevity, for kidney functions and your body and skin and hair and nails. So you you need to have. You know, ups and downs, like bulk season and cutting season in bodybuilding language. Um, So I've been in a surplus. I've cut back all my cardiovascular work. I've eaten in a surplus to regain the weight so that I can go through this next diet phase, this diet cycle. And I'm looking to be in the best shape of my entire life at 45 years old. And on the other end of this, using the Gnat and the pizza diet principles, Mm -hmm. tracking macros and switching out crusts and all the things that go into it. I have an opportunity to fight a professional MMA fight.
0: Oh, I okay. So you got to talk about this. This has me so intrigued.
1: So, so yes, I mean, so I'm I'm already the co host of Knockout Radio. Okay. And uh, Randy Harris, my boss, is a it's the longest running MMA show in the country. He's been traveling with the UFC since UFC 11, but he's been covering the sport since UFC one. So you're talking about 26, 27 years in the martial arts sport, and so. I'm blessed to be his co-host, and we travel all over the country or the world, for that matter, with the, B, uh, with, with the UFC and uh, Bellator and uh, this coming up for the Super Bowl. As you see, I have a, a brand-new promotional hat. It's the Bare Knuckle Boxing uh, Fighting Championship. So it's Bare mm-hmm. Knuckle Fighting Championship coming to Lakeland February 5th. I
0: would love to go to that. I've always Bowl, wanted to could, check it out.
1: Let's. I, I got tickets. Yeah, I I've will.
0: always wanted to see that live.
1: <laughs> so this is... Um, so I have, I'm already in the martial art community. And so what's never been done is a ring announcer turned participant in a sanctioned legal professional fight. So wow. I would do the, the pizza diet cutting using my new gym apparatus, that g Net, yeah. to get into incredible shape. And then at 45 years old, close that octagon door and let the world see the performance side of what a body built by pizza can do.
0: I love it. That would be, that would make like world news, I would think. I mean, I would.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I've been blessed. Uh, In 2016, GQ Magazine uh, was doing a a series. And every month they picked a different athlete from around the world. Usain Bolt was one month. J.J. Watt was another month. Mm -hmm. And I was blessed to be April of 2016's GQ Magazine Elite Athlete of the World. So they talked about what I ate and how I trained and what I did. And they did that for all these different athletes. So- I took the pizza diet from a novelty to a credible legitimate science-based mm-hmm. nutritional program. And so that's the that's what inspired all of this. That's how I got to where I am now. You know, I just kept climbing the chart because pizza is a way to connect the world globally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the world's favorite food.
0: It is. <laughs> Every nation has
1: a pizza. There's a pizza everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's such a great way to connect with people. You know, and then the shock value comes from what? A pizza diet. I don't get it. You know, like for years, for years, I would get introduced to somebody like even uh, Ian Beckles and, and Ron Diaz, the Ron and Ian show. Those guys had me on 12 years ago when I invented the diet. And it was one of those things where I, they would introduce me and I would have to wait for the the comedic laughter.
0: <laughs> right. And,
1: and, and people didn't do it deliberately. They weren't trying to be mean or disrespectful. They were literally it's so far out the scope of what they thought was possible, Mm -hmm. right? That they just, they audibly laughed in my face. So I would, I would get introduced, Hey, this is the guy who invented the pizza diet. And then I would have to wait for the laughter. And then I would proceed about how it works fundamentally. And at the end of the day, I always had a believer and I had people coming by and I was helping them out. I had people in the military. I have testimonies, uh, chefs in New York that lost a hundred pounds. I have, I mean, just on and on and on. And that's what really sparked it, you know, but it was a niche that didn't exist. You know, let's, let's talk about it from like a business standpoint, uh, Mm -hmm. from a, from a life standpoint. You know, if you're going on monster and you're applying for a job, right? If those jobs already exist, but there's a whole nother world or universe that exists where the creative mind is, the inventors, Mm -hmm. the, the entrepreneurs, the people who are visionaries, the Elon Musk of the world, Mm -hmm. right? Where they don't, there isn't a, a template. There isn't a roadmap to success. You know, I actually obtained this pink, glorious mohawk. It's supposed to be red. Uh, it's, the saltwater dyes <laughs> get a it. get
0: picture, too. Yeah,
1: of course. Uh, I actually obtained this from Hulk Hogan. Like, Terry has been a huge life mentor, a great friend. Yeah. After I won my pro card, I, I was a sponsored athlete by Bushwhacker Luke and uh, the wrestlers out at Clearwater Beach. And they took me under their wing, and they helped me build this brand, this whole gladiator image of defending the integrity of pizza using an image that came from that region of the world because pizza was scraps left over from the bakeries that they used to feed the army and the poor. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how pizza got its origin. And when you think of the armies of the Roman gladiators and the Roman empire and the, and the lean and shredded the perfect male physique with the statue of David. Mm -hmm. So I tied in the history of the world with my purpose of defending the integrity of pizza, changing its perception worldwide from a junk food to a health food. So that's what it. I've dedicated my yeah. career to doing.
0: Now, have you been to Italy? I I, have,
1: I actually, last year I took my family. I have uh, two amazing little girls, eight and six.
0: Those are and, good
1: ages. Oh, yeah. And I miss so, those days. <laughs> so we went to Rome. Uh, actually, we, had, we stopped in Portugal for two days. Uh, Lisbon was amazing. I bet that was beautiful. Yeah. Have you you been?
0: I've never been to Portugal, but it's on my list.
1: You have to go. Yeah. Have you you been to San Francisco? I'm from there. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's San Francisco of Europe. Okay. It's exactly the same layout. The trolley system. It's the grid downtown. You have the water and the wharf and like the fresh fish there. There it's all cod. Um, and it's absolutely San Francisco of Europe. It's the same thing. And it's amazing. Uh, thought, San Francisco is amazing too, by the way. The wharf is like—I a, a love the
0: wharf. I went there all my life, like growing up. I haven't been back in a few years. I hear it's changed a lot.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure. I know
0: there's some yeah difficulties <laughs> out there, but I miss it. The seals—I would feed them all the time. Yeah, I find them adorable, even though that people say they can be pretty aggressive. I think they're so cute.
1: It's amazing. Like I love San Francisco. <laughs> that have,
0: sound is just like I love the sound of them barking. There's nothing
1: but overcast morning with the <laughs> yes. fog. On the on the wharf eating su- fresh sushi off the boat. I mean, oh yeah,
0: and a clam chowder and a bread bowl. Oh, it's, forget yeah. about it. It's, <laughs> it's, I love it.
1: So um, so we stopped in Lisbon. We we spent a couple of days there. We went over to Rome, and then my wife was like, "What do you want to do today?" And I said, "I want to go to the oldest pizzeria in the world." So we jumped on the train. We went down to Naples and the Pizza Antica. It was started in the 1700s. I went there. You went to the oldest pizzeria.
0: <laughs> yes, I did.
1: The, where they had the street market out front, right? Yes,
0: and sadly, it was before Instagram. It was like it was in uh, 1999. Okay, but yes, I was. I, so you've been yeah. there. Yeah. So
1: so the the family still owns it, right? The owners, like probably seventh or eighth generation. Yeah. Um, and so I I didn't he didn't speak any English mm-hmm. or very 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 little, and so I tried to explain to him that I was the inventor of the pizza diet that I have traveled all the way from America to come to the oldest pizzeria. And he had zero, zero interest. Zero. Like, I can see that. Not, not, not little. Like zero interest, right? So uh-huh. my wife and I were just still, we're just eating our food with the kids. And like, well, that was a bust. You know, that's kind of like what I was saying. so And I just in my own persistent way. You know, so many times in life, you know, a water doesn't cut to a rock because of its power it cuts through it because of its persistency, right? Just every day, a little trickles, and eventually it will cut through the, the biggest of obstacles. So I was just persistent. A lot of my success in life is because I'm persistent. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not leaving this place. I'll never come back here. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not leaving until this guy knows who I am or what I did. So I pulled up my phone, and I'm going through my Instagram to show him a photo of me coming off the stage at 4.5% body fat, after eating nothing but pizza for 16 weeks. So I wanted to show him what the body built by pizza looked like. And in that photo scroll was a picture of Terry and I, Hulk Hogan, in the gym flexing, working out. And he lost his mind. He he (laughs) couldn't believe that I knew Hulk Hogan. That was it for him. So he grabs my phone and just disappears. You've seen the restaurant. You know yeah, how busy it yeah. is. All the people in the street, Slammed he's gone. He, he literally <laughs> takes my phone and is gone. And so I'm sitting at the table and I have no idea what's going on. And so uh, he comes back and he goes, come, come. And I said, what? He was like, I want to show all my my staff. So I, sh- he shows everybody the phone. And then I ask him, I said, can I make a pizza here? And so he said, yeah, Absolutely. So I come in the kitchen, and you're going to love this. So I go in the kitchen. (laughs) I'm in the world's oldest pizzeria, and the chefs are just beside themselves, not happy. They're the other way. They're like, (laughs) oh, this poser, this (laughs) tourist, this American. Like, why is this guy in our kitchen? They're busy. They're really Mm -hmm. busy. And so the owner starts pushing all the guys out of the way. And so I think they thought they were going to have to hand, like, feed me, like, teach me how to stretch the dough and how to make the sauce and how to put a pizza together and mm-hmm. get it off the peel to get it on the stone. And I think they were all annoyed. I know they were all annoyed. And so the owner put the dough on the table. And in a blink of an eye, I slapped it out. I sauced it. I cheesed it. I, he turned around and he, he pointed to his number one chef. He goes, did you do that for him? And, and he goes, no, sir. He goes, he did. He's like, he's one of us. And like, and then everybody was awesome. kissing my cheek and like pinching my face, and like I was family because I had the skill, because I adopted the the craft, the, the historical craft mm-hmm. of being a pizza man, right? And we had such a negative stereotype for so many years because of the chains and the low quality ingredients that the the authentic Neapolitan style from Italy, mm-hmm. it's such a well-respected craft.
0: It is. And what I yeah. tell my
1: staff is like, look. When you learn this skill from me, if you actually adopt the skill and learn, you can take this anywhere in the world and put it in your back pocket. And you can walk into a local pizzeria and say, you know what? I can stretch dough by hand. I can make a pizza and cook on a stone. I can start today. I can put food in my belly and money in my pocket and provide for myself. And with that tool, you can go anywhere in the world and try your dream. You can you can say, you know, I'm going to live in Australia. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there, but I, psh, I'm going go to go go work in a pizzeria until I figure out my way at the land.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So, so with the skills you learn from a pizza guy like me, you can go anywhere and start anything and always have it as a backup.
0: Well, can I want to come learn how to make a pizza yeah, from you. Absolutely, i will. That's, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. So I would we'll, love we'll to do, do that. we'll do the
1: Cooking with Confidence series. We'll talk great. about business principles, sales tactics, how to how, how to blend it all together, and we'll do it step by step.
0: You know, I think it would be fun is bring Ian, too, and see who makes a better pizza. Absolutely. Because we're very competitive.
1: So we do. So I do that with the MMA guys. Okay. So I've had Ken Shamrock and uh, Tony Ferguson, Rashad Evans, uh, Alon Cruz, locally Billy Q, and the upcoming UFC stars. Uh, And what I like to do with these guys is make them make a pizza. Because in the ring or in the octagon, these guys are the best in the world at hand-eye coordination. Closing the distance and accuracy and and just precision with their hand and their eyes, right? But yet they fumble to make a pizza. They can't stretch it. It has holes in it. It's all lopsided. And <laughs> it disintegrates in the oven, right? So it just shows the humility of, you know, but yes, this person's so skilled in this discipline of what they do. But the other things that require hand-eye coordination, they are, are terrible at, right? So it's, it's cool to see them fumble through it. and And some guys you see successful with it. Because they actually had real jobs. You know, it wasn't long ago that the UFC fighters were like real, like UPS delivery drivers, and they had real careers, and then they fought on the part-time. You know, it wasn't until the success of the sport where it stopped becoming barbaric, where it wasn't considered human cockfighting, where the states actually opened up sanctions for it to be a a legal and recognized sport. That these guys actually have the money and resources now to actually live, eat, sleep, train, to follow their passion, you know. Mm-hmm. And the BKFC, which is, you know, bare knuckle boxing. And here's a here's a great trivia or um a knowledge for your for your guests. The bare knuckle boxing was banned on U.S. soil for over 130 years. It was considered barbaric, and it was it was banned yeah. on this soil. Yeah. Two years ago, Dave Feldman from bare knuckle boxing. He brought it back. He got it sanctioned in Wyoming. And the thing that's misleading about combat sports is boxing is way more dangerous than bare knuckle. And people say, why I
0: didn't know that
1: because the glove is to protect the hand to prolong the entertainment for the spectator. So if the guy breaks his hand in the first round, fights over, then they lost their their admission price, right So that's yeah. why boxers they take so much beating and swelling to the brain, it's, it's common after a, a brutal fight in boxing, 12 rounds,
0: yeah. three-minute
1: rounds, that the brain swells and they have to cut out portions of the skull to let it expand.
0: I did not know that. Where
1: a four-ounce glove is safer. Right. That's why there's never been a death in the MMA or, or in the octagon, right? And then bare knuckles even better because it's bare and you can't throw with your full force. So for Ian, who is a football player, you ask Ian right now, if you take your helmet and you're going to smash your head against the wall – you're going to hit a lot harder than if you were just going to do it without a helmet and you're going to hit the same wall. You're going to be reserved. You're going to pull back. You're not going to use all your force because you know you're going to get seriously hurt. Yeah. So you can't throw all your power behind a fist because you'll break your hand. The fight's over. So it's very precise and okay. it's very strategic and it's, it's, there's a lot of skill in the bare knuckle. So that's coming here. Super Bowl weekend. It's coming. It's going to be the biggest event of their 16 event on the roster. Um, they brought over the huge megastar from the UFC, Paige Van Zandt. She's headlining. Um, so the sport's growing. Shaquille O'Neal's commentating. I think he's somehow going to get involved with the promotion. But I am blessed to be at the ground level of the next UFC. Okay.
0: I think that's great.
1: So, and, and, of course, it goes in with the dieting. You know, fighters cutting weight. They They have to use these crazy methods to make a weight goal. And so, mm-hmm. being able to teach them how to incorporate pizza and science and like nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's my contribution back to the sport.
0: I love it. Oh, I love it. Now, see, you've got me all fired up to work out and eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm but that's what you.
1: the body's meant to do.
0: I, I agree right? with you. Yes. And, and
1: then on a on a different level, you know, and this is a part that for your listeners that are actually in tune with this stuff, and that you you would probably know way more than me at this point. And I'm not gonna take any glory or credit for what I'm about to say because I don't know enough. To know yes or no. But in three days, I'll be in possession of what's called a GNAP machine. And so it's a rock climbing apparatus mm-hmm. that uses the hooks of your fingers and the balls of your feet. And from what I've been explained, it one, what it does, it takes away your balance, your equilibrium. So it c- holds you at a 30 degree angle, forcing you to use A603 muscles simultaneously, creating the fastest oxygen deprivation. From a metabolic standpoint, it increases your epoch or your resting metabolic rate in the first hour after doing it. Thirty-one percent, fifty-seven percent up. So from a baseline of two thousand calories, you're looking at thirty-one hundred calories at rest wow. after doing one circuit. The
0: Which next is day,
1: six minutes, right? Six minutes. I think I think the they, the independent lab they did was a twenty-four minute circuit. Okay, I think it was twenty-four. Um, And then the next day, 24 hours later, it's still elevated from the baseline of 2,000 to 2,400 calories at rest. So the metabolic advantage is huge. But there's a mental component to it. There's a psychological, neurological component of the mind-muscle connection. And it's like creating pathways through your mind of stimulus to reestablish or to strengthen mind-muscle connections and motor skills. And so they have testimonies on their website from Colorado of people with Parkinson's and MS and people with deficiencies and that have regained their core mobile strength. And it's safe for all ages. It's safe because it doesn't put any pain or stress on your joints. It's literally a decompression machine and you're just holding your body in position. And as you advance and as you like, develop, then you can add in the 12 life steps, the 12 life movements. And then for your advanced MMA fighters, firefighters, there's actually band attachments for performance. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I am going to be the sole possession holder of this apparatus Saturday. I love it. Saturday, they're putting on the back of a Jeep Gladiator. I drive around with a, a red Mohawk to look like a Gladiator, thanks to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and um, it's going to be one of those things where I'm building a brand. Mm-hmm. building a brand. But I want people that hear this podcast and I want people to know that when they see me on the road, that I'm for the people, you know, this isn't about like setting up a gym studio, like a orange theory or a F 45. I'm just going to park on the side of the road and start working out.
0: I love it.
1: Drop in, join yeah. me. Let me, let me start these little fires and like light, light little fires to get people interested in fitness and interested in their health and interested in caring about their, their, their being, and, and stimulate new, new growth, psychologically and, and personally and physically, all, all in one place. Changing lives one step at a time and one slice at a time at my restaurant.
0: Yeah, see, I'm, I'm already with the one slice at a time, so now i got to work at the one step at a time.
1: <laughs> You're going to love it. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I am
0: in. I am in. I, like, am in. I can't <laughs> wait. I cannot wait. Now, you have two locations? I
1: did. I did. I, um, oh, yeah, I sold one. I sold one. Okay. I, uh, you know, the the restaurant world— it's a tough one.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, it's a tough to be in multiple places at once. The only way to really do it, you know, you—it's funny because like lawyers and doctors and like professional, you know, professionals who dress in suits and ties every day, like myself. Um, <laughs> I had to take advantage, of right? Because right? I'm I, always dressed like a pizza guy, right, covered in <laughs> flour and oil and like uh, you know. I, but today I got to dress nice. I
0: love
1: it. Um, but, you know, they show their success with the car that they drive. They show their success with the watch that they would drive or wear. Um, restaurant guys, we don't really get that luxury. You know, you don't, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. so it's the one way to show your success as a restaurateur is to have multiple ex, uh, locations or expansion, right? So then you have one store and you do two and then you're up to five. And then you do 10 and eventually you become a nuisance to somebody in the space that's got more presence and, you know, they end up buying you out, mm-hmm. but, I didn't really enjoy it. It was. It wasn't. I was building that road, and I had three locations at one time. I had. I was actually selling pizza inside LA Fitness in Brandon, inside the gym. So okay. imagine that. This is like 2014 slash 15 when I was selling a junk food, or perception, obviously, to the uh, to the gym community there. So you know, but but at three places at once. I, I wasn't. It wasn't fulfilling for me. So I downsized. I sold my original store. Right. Uh, I kept the one at 4th and Gandhi, uh, just because I believe in the area. It's redeveloping. It's, a great spot. it's close to all the corporate America. It's close to businesses. So if you're on a lunch break, you need a quick, healthy lunch. You can zip in and zip out. Um, it's close to all the bridges. You know, you got access to everywhere. And it's a bigger space. I can yeah. seat 75 inside. I got 12 outside. So if you're worried about social distancing and for the COVID, I have plenty of space. Perfect. You can sit. Yeah. Eat and safety and, and comfort.
0: Love it. I love it. Now, how can everyone find you on social media? Right, so
1: social media. Because
0: you have two. You have your restaurant account yep. and your personal. So,
1: tour de pizza is obviously Facebook, and you know tour de pizza is my brand and my company. Mm-hmm. Um, my my lifestyle is pizza underscore industry underscore spokesman, uh, which is on Instagram, and and that's more of a title. You know, I did that because. Just like we're going back to the Monster Job Inc., right? right. Like, there was no job posting for pizza industry spokesmen needed, mm-hmm. right? right? Like, it was one of those things where I saw a void, and I said, you know, our industry has zero representation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going back to the 80s. You guys remember Oprah, right?
0: <laughs> yep. Oprah,
1: she's, she's a pretty big deal. Uh, she actually had a, a show where she allowed people to come on, and her contributors said that eating beef— and mad cow disease was worse than HIV and AIDS. They they, they were that was the agenda back in the eighties, right?
0: Yep. <laughs> so
1: because of the the lobby groups, because of the farmers' association, because of the dairy council, they slapped her with lawsuits and injunctions so fast that she had to go back publicly and retract that she was sorry for what her her guests had claimed on her show, and she that it was not true and it was uh, un, you know it wasn't the correct information. Pizza, domestically, being a $40 billion industry, has zero representation. Zero. That means any knucklehead in the fitness world can claim that pizza is a junk food. Dr. Atkins, don't eat carbs. They'll they'll kill you. Don't eat sodium. Don't eat cheese. Don't eat gluten. Don't eat pizza. Right? So every time a a fad diet made it through, every time one of these concepts made it through, local family pizzerias like myself people who are ingrained in our community that give back to our schools and our churches and our fundraisers that sponsor your little league softball team or your baseball, right? Those people lose money every time the perception was negative about pizza being a healthy food. Right. So after I invented the pizza diet, I dedicated my career to defending those without a voice, the voiceless. And so for years- I was, you know, using the tagline, like, if the guy who you ordered a pizza from on Friday night is more fit than the guy who told you not to eat it, then you're following <laughs> the wrong person. Exactly. Right? Because you gotta, you got to apply what you preach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's so many people that, and you know, maybe you're listening right now, maybe I'm talking to you, maybe I'm talking about you or, or somebody you know. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that have certifications and degrees and knowledge, but they don't, they lack the, the application, the action step to applying it to their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right? So you can't preach and then, you know, not actually follow through. So I literally put my pizza where my mouth is. And so I I welcome any challengers, any fitness expert or guru that wants to say that the pizza diet's not real, um, we can challenge, we can go on a weight loss competition. And at the end of it, we can close the cage door and see what you, uh, see how superior your concept is to mine.
0: Right. Right? I mean,
1: look, I got to have an opponent, And I'd rather take some knucklehead out of a a local gym than uh, a professional fighter (laughs) (laughs) because I've never been in a professional fight. So, but yeah, but that's, that's really what that comes from. So it's just about, you know, look, if you're going to claim it, I'm going to make you prove it. And, and these families, these, these restaurant owners, it's hard enough. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough with competition. It's hard enough with, with the the stress and the workload. and And the last thing we need is outside influencers of our industry to come and, and take money and revenue away from these hardworking families. Exactly. So that's, that's why I've, I've dedicated and that's why I do what I do.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait to come and learn how to make pizza from you. Absolutely. That'd be a wonderful experience. I would invite whenever you do you're ready. Yeah. Like live video, all that stuff. Anyways. Well, thank you again for taking the time. Absolutely. For little of me. I appreciate it so no, much. No, you're, you're
1: great. Appreciate but it. But you're, you're a voice, right? And that's mm-hmm. what makes this world so great. Before you only had to go through the channels of of the the big media, right? Mm-hmm. But now everybody has a platform. Right. Everybody gets to hear you. Everybody gets to know your your journey <laughs> and your story. Like so, it's a, it's an honor to be here. It's an well, honor to be with you. Thank you. you. And, Appreciate and that. Absolutely. My restaurant's open. All of your your team here are amazing. Your your um, production guys and uh, anybody that's part of this show come to my restaurant. Uh, pizzas on me.
0: Sounds good. I can't wait. Done. I, I have actually have not had pizza there. I've had it, you know, take out. So I need to go sit there. Definitely. I will. Or, I will. Or
1: I'll deliver it in the truck and, <laughs> I, and we'll get a workout in the parking lot. And we'll, that, that's even better. And we'll, we'll invite your guests it. down. And we'll change their life in the parking lot.
0: That would be fun. I think we should make that happen. On. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Please give him a follow on social media. He's so inspiring. And I can't wait to try the pizza diet myself. That's one thing I know I can do. Because, <laughs> so, you know, I won't fail at that. But don't forget, a new episode comes out every Friday on RadioInfluence.com or wherever else you like to download your podcast. Have a wonderful weekend and be sure to eat lots of pizza. Ciao.
1: This is an In the Trenches with Ian Beckles Quick Fix on Radio Influence.
0: What's great about this Buccaneer offense is you don't know where to focus. You don't know where to go. Gronk's going to get his. Now you're getting great, getting his with the wide receivers. It's kind of a pick your poison kind of thing. And you know, I guarantee the saints are looking at this Buccaneer team, not like the team that they punched in the face twice. This is a scary Buccaneer team. Defensively. It didn't look right to me. Okay. It, It looked good enough to beat Washington in Washington but it sure enough is not good enough to beat the Saints in New Orleans or anybody after that. That is for sure, because it doesn't get any easier after this.
1: In the Trenches with Ian Beckles can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.